0: Tonight, a popular Vancouver strip club closes after several patrons are exposed to COVID-19. Plus, they've come in and said that they're gonna take over this park and then tell people what the rules are. Homeless campers now calling the shots as to who may and may not use Strathcona Park. And,
1: we've had to adjust the protocols.
0: Surrey takes the plunge, opening outdoor public pools with some big changes.
2: You're watching Global BC. This is Global Hour at
3: 6.
0: Good evening, thanks for joining us. BC's COVID-19 outbreak has taken an eyebrow-raising turn this weekend. Health officials are now warning anyone who recently attended a popular strip club in Vancouver, they may have been exposed to the virus. Anyone who visited Brandy's exotic show lounge on Hornby Street between last Sunday and Thursday nights may have been exposed. Vancouver Coastal Health says several people who are at the establishment on those five dates have already tested positive. It claims there's no risk to anyone who was there outside of those dates, and there is no ongoing risk to the public. A sign on Brandy's says they're closed now. Health officials are advising people who patronized the lounge during the affected dates to monitor themselves for two weeks. As long as you remain healthy and do not develop symptoms, there's no need to self-isolate and you should continue with daily activities. However, if you develop even mild symptoms, you must quarantine and seek COVID-19 testing. While some BC strip clubs remain closed, others have reopened for business. Number five, Orange on Main Street has installed plexiglass to keep its dancers and customers separated. The manager says they spent nearly two months renovating before reopening last month. He adds they are closely following WorkSafe BC and public health guidelines. Many tables have been removed and there is plenty of hand sanitizer for both patrons and staff. It's described by some camp residents as a clean, well-functioning tent city, but neighbours of Strathcona Park are raising concerns. And as Paul Johnson reports, campers there are now dictating who may and may not enter the growing homeless encampment.
2: We're grateful that they allow us to be here. We're dropping some tobacco and some cedar branches into the sacred fire at Strathcona Park. Members of the new encampment here say this is now a requirement for the news media before any filming can take place. So I'm going to be a member here. I'm going to be a supporter. Ludwig Skalicki says he's soon to be evicted from his subsidized apartment and will be moving to the encampment to have a place to live and to join the movement calling for affordable housing in Vancouver and First Nations reconciliation. He's not alone. Global News counted more than 93 tents in Strathcona Park Saturday, with more being pitched as we counted. Campers had advertised a block party Saturday afternoon and invited their neighbors to come and meet them. So who's actually in charge here? The self-identified leaders of the encampment say they are, and they get to control who comes and goes here, including the police and the media. But the park board says this is still totally open to the public, And anybody can come here. Is the public still free to come here? The public's still free to come here. Vancouver Park Board Commissioner John Irwin says as long as housing and First Nations reconciliation are outstanding issues, he won't call for the park to be cleared. Though he wasn't pleased to hear about the new rules the camp's de facto leaders are enforcing. I wouldn't support that. I'm I'm totally for freedom of the media, freedom of access to information. Irwin's colleague, Tricia Barker, has a different take, though. She sympathizes with families in Strathcona who won't likely be using the park this summer.
0: I wouldn't be bringing my kids or families here, but I can't say, you know, I've just been talking to some people and they said that, uh, you know, there's other parts in the park that are uh, fine to be in. However
2: the situation turns out, if you come down to Strathcona Park, expect that some new things might be asked of you. In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News.
0: A society that's been successful in helping some of Surrey's most downtrodden has suddenly been disbanded. The city's mayor and council took over the Homelessness and Housing Society and its multi-million dollar budget. But as Julia Foy reports, questions are now being raised about what that decision, why that decision was made behind closed doors and what will happen to all that money.
4: Those donations were granted and given uh, in order to help homelessness
3: uh, in the city. Susan Sanderson runs three licensed recovery houses to help people get over addictions to alcohol and drugs.
5: Many of them come here without knowing how to boil water, make a bed.
3: The Realistic Success Recovery has received grants from the Surrey Homelessness and Housing Society. So Sanderson is shocked to discover the society's board has been disbanded and Mayor and Council have taken over control of its multi-million dollar budget.
4: I'm concerned about
0: why the city would want access to the funds. There's about 11 million dollars there maybe or about. Um, what, what are they going to do with those? Why are they not going to uh, keep it with the society?
3: City Councillor Brenda Locke used to chair the five-member board and she was blindsided by the society switch. When I talk to the mayor, his intention is to bring uh, the monies into city and city will administer the money. But the money in the bank belongs to hundreds of donors who have contributed since 2009 to support local organizations with grants that help those who are homeless and at risk. And then there's the law. You cannot have a society with no directors. You are now in violation of the Societies Act. Uh, I told them that at the time. Global News reached out to Mayor Doug McCallum. We got this response. The mayor will not be commenting as this matter was an item in closed council. The future of the Surrey Homelessness and Housing Society is now in the dark. We have not publicly discussed that in the city of Surrey and that is uh, disappointing. Sanderson worries that the city's most vulnerable will be put more at risk due to the loss of the society.
4: The fact that the mayor has chosen to do this I think is another tragedy for Surrey. Julia Foy,
0: Global News. What started out as an eviction turned into a bizarre police incident on the North Shore this afternoon. The family that rents out a unit inside a condo building on this street tells Global News an attempt to evict two tenants turned violent. The female tenants male partner allegedly pepper sprayed at least two police officers and the landlord before taking off on foot. As of airtime, there's been no updates on any arrest. Here's how the landlord's daughter described the scene. My dad's a
5: landlord, and he um, tried to stop the guy as he ran away so that the police could have him. And he sprayed my dad as well and, like, jumped over the back fence, which is like six feet
0: tall, and disappeared into the woods. So now I guess the police are trying to find him, and my dad's just trying to rinse off all the mace and stuff. Coast Mountain Bus Company and Transit Police are investigating after a driver discovered what appears to be a noose on his bus Wednesday night. The driver posted about the incident on social media, saying he didn't think anything of it until a man got on board near the Granville Bridge. The passenger initiated a conversation saying, look, driver, someone left you a noose. The driver says the man made further comments before he got off the bus at Broadway and Granville, suggesting the driver consider suicide. The community of Delta is banding together today at an anti-racism march. It comes after an incident involving the police chief's wife earlier this month sparked an internal investigation and concerns over how that probe was handled. As Kristen Robinson reports, the Delta Police Board is assuring the public it's taking the allegations very seriously.
6: Hundreds march from Delta Municipal Hall in a rally against racism. Participants leading the way for positive change in their community. It's deeply troubling, uh, very troubling, upsetting. Um, We certainly hope that she has taken steps to learn. Organizers referring to an incident involving the wife of Delta's top cop and how it was handled.
4: No one met with me in person. That was very shocking to me.
6: On June 9th, Kieran Sadou climbed onto these rocks as the tide rose at Centennial Beach. She touched the fence, upsetting the homeowner. Lorraine DuBord, the wife of Chief
4: Neil DuBord. And then she said, I should spray you with my hose. And I said, That would be assault. Like I very clearly said that to her. And she went and got her hose and sprayed me in the face, all over my hair and face with her hose.
7: She's literally in the middle of crossing and the water's no, come up and... at the
6: one end when okay, I asked her okay. to get down. Well, what point was not- An investigation was launched at Sidhu's request. She says Delta Police contacted her four days later to say case closed. The Delta Police Board issuing a statement Saturday saying, not only are we ensuring that a fair and independent process is followed through the current investigation, but we will also be reviewing our internal policies and practices. Confidence and trust in community policing is critical. We absolutely and unequivocally condemn racism. If something physically happens to you, all of it is not acceptable. None of it. And we want, we want change. Surrey RCMP are investigating the alleged garden hose incident while BC's police complaint commissioner is looking into it. The police board, Delta's mayor and seven appointed members from the community will meet Tuesday. The public is welcome to participate in an open session at the start. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Ah!
0: Dozens of demonstrators in North Vancouver gathered this afternoon to add their voices to the growing global movement decrying overt and systemic racism. Speakers shared their personal experiences with racism, with many in the crowd wearing masks and keeping a safe distance from one another. Organizers say they want to raise awareness that racism is not just an American issue. It's very much alive and well in Canada, too.
8: Here on the North Shore and everywhere in the world, nobody is... Uh is escaping racism Uh, it's a huge thing it's a big problem and we want to make sure that people on the north shore are aware of it as well and we're doing what we can to raise awareness and education to make a difference
0: the family of a Calgary man whose burned-out truck was found in B.C. is renewing its appeal for clues in the missing persons mystery. 26-year-old Marshall Iwasa was last seen in Lethbridge in mid-November. A week later, his charred truck was discovered in Pemberton, 900 kilometers from Calgary, where he was supposed to be heading. Extensive searches found clothing and an expired passport belonging to Iwa- Isawa, but no sign of him. This spring, Pemberton RCMP searched the area again after the snow melted, but found nothing.
3: We're not naive and we're not thinking this is all going to be roses and fairy tales. Um, we know that there's a chance that if this could have been self-harm. We know that there's a chance that someone could have harmed my brother. We know that there's a chance that, you know, there's a scenario that we haven't even thought of yet that's playing out right now.
0: Hmm. Iwasa's family says they will be conducting their own search of the area near Pemberton once police are finished. A somber homecoming for Captain Kevin Hagen in Victoria this afternoon. People, including firefighters, lined the route to watch the motorcade procession from Victoria International Airport to a local funeral home. The 29-year-old Nanaimo native was among six Canadian Armed Forces members killed in a helicopter crash off Greece in April. The homecoming procession for Captain Brendan McDonald, Captain Maxime Miron Moran, Master Corporal Matthew Cousins and Sub-Lieutenant Matthew Pike was held in Halifax on Thursday. Sub-Lieutenant Abigail Cobra's homecoming took place in May. The cause of the crash remains under investigation. There's very little that's carefree this summer, including a swim at your local pool. Some of Surrey's outdoor pools opened for the season today, delayed by the pandemic. And as Nadia Stewart reports, lifeguards and swimmers are having to work and play under very different rules.
4: So first of all, welcome to Bear Creek Pools. The first day is open. It's the first public swim in Surrey in four months, and as expected, the rules have changed.
1: Lifeguards have talked to each of the swimmers, and as they approach, we make sure we understand, um, you know, outline where they can be in the pool, and ask that they, we just ask that they respect one another and and make sure that that distance is, is made.
4: After a quick COVID-19 screening, swimmers head in. The showers are left running, so there is no contact. But the change rooms have limited availability. So after a quick shower, guests are told to towel off and head home to change.
1: We're running at about 20% of our capacity for our outdoor pools this summer so that we can achieve social distancing for all our swimmers.
4: And across the country, there are big changes for lifeguards too. It prevents the rescuer from having to make direct
8: contact or or even through a pocket mask.
4: While this bag valve mask is familiar to most emergency personnel, it's new for lifeguards, offering more protection for the rescuer and the victim because it comes with a viral filter, which is 99% effective.
8: It's much better to have two lifeguards using it because the seal on the mouth is very important.
4: When providing first aid, the made-in-BC cap shield is also on the list of personal protective equipment. According to Dale Miller of the Life Saving Society, certification and training around these new measures is ramping up as more spaces open up.
8: The lifeguard supervised waterfronts opening as well and then of course we'll see the indoor pools opening soon after that but probably not until uh, midsummer to to september for those indoor facilities.
4: Miller says the lifeguard's job is focused on prevention, so they'll continue to look on from a safe distance. Nadia Stark Global News.
0: On this first phase three weekend, the local trails are proving popular, maybe too popular. Firefighters with the District of North Vancouver responded to at least two separate calls today. A crew had to carry someone with chest pains while out while on the grind. Someone else slipped and fell, injuring their leg. He also had to be carried out by a team of eight or nine. Firefighters noticed a lot of people heading up and down the trails today. Grouse Mountain just reopened to the public this week. Another kind of climb with district firefighters giving us a demonstration today of another kind of rescue. They practice their tower crane response skills, performing a task that is not for the faint of heart. All to be prepared for whatever emergencies come their way. We've had uh, crane rescues at night. Where people sneak over the fences and climb
2: the cranes, and then get stuck up there. We've had a, a lot of our stuff is during the day when uh, the crews, uh, like the construction crews, are working. So we've had you know accidents that happen. So the, the reason we do this because there is a need for it.
0: BC ferries were very popular this weekend. So far, the combination of easing travel restrictions, the end of the school year and the start of summer contributing to long lineups today. A number of sailings departing from Tawasin and Horseshoe Bay were either full or almost full this afternoon. You'll want to book a reservation or check online before heading to the terminal. The BC Center for Disease Control is issuing a warning about some hand sanitizers made by a Mexican company. They contain methanol, which can be extremely toxic and can irritate skin. The US Food and Drug Administration first issued the warning last week. Since then, the BC CDC says it has received four calls from British Columbians who say they have some of the products. The CDC says anyone who has any of the gels should throw them out immediately. You can see a full list of the affected products on our website globalnews.ca/bc. Drones lit up the night sky in Madrid, Spain to remember COVID-19 victims. 40 programmed drones with multicolored LED lights performed an aerial ballet forming different shapes and words. The location of the performance remained a secret until it took place to avoid crowds from forming. Spain has been one of the worst hit countries from COVID-19. The government has reported nearly 250,000 cases and more than 28,000 deaths so far. Canada's two biggest airlines are ignoring physical distancing protocols as they attempt to recover from the devastating losses caused by the pandemic. WestJet and Air Canada will end their onboard seat distancing policies next week to try to fill their planes to capacity. But as Mike LeCouture reports, some experts say the move could backfire.
1: That physical distancing passengers have gotten used to in airport terminals will be gone once you get onto the plane. Beginning July 1st, Air Canada and WestJet will no longer block off seats in the cabin. Instead, they're reverting to the recommendation from the International Air Transport Association to end the practice and fill every seat.
6: It's a little too close. (laughs) Like my taste, it's especially strangers.
1: Not maintaining two metres of space goes against the advice of Canada's chief medical officer. Spokesperson for Transport Minister Mark Garneau points out there are many layers of protection in air travel, including wearing masks on board and making temperature screening mandatory for all passengers travelling to Canada starting July 30th. Infectious disease experts say we need to proceed with caution. Asymptomatic people do tend to spread the virus uh, probably less than
4: somebody who, say, coughing or sneezing. Either way, though, whatever we do, it has to be met with ongoing monitoring.
1: In a statement, Air Canada pointed to their Clean Care Plus program as an effective multi-layered way to keep passengers safe, which includes frequent sanitizing of surfaces, adding, quote, we intend to continue evaluating new processes and technologies as they become available to further enhance safety. WestJet noted IATA's guidance supports the removal of seat distancing as protections are provided in the cabin such as HEPA filters and the physical barrier of seatbacks. WestJet also underlined how they have enhanced cleaning. The question is, will all that be enough to get people flying again?
2: So that's the number one issue, because if people get on planes and come away getting sick, no one will fly.
1: Carl Moore says not selling the middle seat means airlines aren't making money, and the next few months will be pivotal for the entire industry. And
2: if this cannot be solved, airlines are going to go bankrupt in large numbers, without a lot of government support, and they're going to shrink down tremendously, which is going to have a huge impact on the Canadian and world economy.
1: It's all part of a careful balance between keeping COVID-19 in check and helping the economy take off again. Mike LeCouture, Global News, Ottawa.
0: Amazon is facing a $200 million class action lawsuit involving its delivery drivers in Canada. The suit, filed on behalf of nearly 2, 2,500 people, that is, is seeking damages over alleged unpaid wages, including overtime, vacation and meal breaks. The class action says even though the drivers work for courier companies contracted by Amazon to deliver parcels, the online retail giant is their true employer.
4: Amazon
2: controls most aspects uh, of these people's working days, from where they go next, how long they take, when they can take breaks and so forth. And we think that this sort of situation is a paradigm of an employment uh, employer-employee relationship. And we think there's great strength to these allegations.
0: Amazon Canada says it disagrees with the allegations and expects to fully disprove them. Microsoft is closing nearly all of its brick-and-mortar stores around the world. Like uh, most other retailers, the software and computing giant had to close its stores in late March due to the pandemic. Microsoft says the closures reflect a shift to online sales and that it will be reimagining its stores in New York, London, Sydney and its headquarters in Redmond, Washington. There are two stores here in B.C. The U.S. has passed yet another COVID-19 milestone, two and a half million known cases. The fastest growing demographic, young people going out in crowds. New science tonight on why bars can be such super spreading environments.
7: As restrictions lift, the bars are back and they're packed. Big crowds in states like Florida, Arizona, and Texas, where COVID cases are on the rise, primarily among young people. In Miami Dade County, the number of known coronavirus cases among 18 to 34 year olds increased five fold in just one month. Communities are now tracing these outbreaks back to bars and restaurants. 21 year old Adriana Carter in San Marcos, Texas, went out for a few drinks with friends. I had a really long, stressful week. What harm could that do, you know, um, just one night? <laughs> and came home with COVID, passing it on to her roommate. The rise in cases is coinciding with the rise in spending. Data from Chase Bank shows that millennials spent more money last month than any other age group. Health experts say places like bars are a perfect storm for transmission.
8: People in close proximity, poor air circulation, People not wearing masks or having to take their masks off to drink or eat.
7: This video shows what happens when two people are talking. As one person speaks, particles enter the air. And if they carry the virus, it could spread. The college town of Iowa City has seen an uptick in COVID cases since bars reopened without crowd restrictions.
1: I definitely wasn't taking it as serious as I should have.
7: Jacob Hansel, a student at the University of Iowa, says he was exposed when he shared a jewel with others at a friend's house. Would you have changed your behavior now? Now seeing the effects of it all. Oh yeah, for sure. Obviously, if we just wore masks, um, spaced out a little bit farther, and not shared a jewel a striking example that one night out is all it takes dasha burns nbc news iowa city iowa hundreds of people
0: wearing masks marched through new york's greenwich village today to the stonewall Inn to celebrate new york pride with many signs showing support for the lgbtq community and black lives matter it's the half-century celebration weekend of the first New York City Pride event. But in the era of COVID-19 and social distancing, the now famous parade and massive crowds will evolve into a global pride involving a 24-hour lineup of virtual performances and inspiring messages involving 500 organizations from around the world. Two giant consumer product companies now say they will remove some racially charged adjectives from their products. French cosmetics company L'Oreal issued a statement today saying it has decided to remove the words white or whitening, fair or fairness, light or lightening from all of its skin evening skin evening products. It follows a similar move by Anglo-Dutch firm Unilever on Thursday. Both have been among a number of companies that have been criticized on, in the wake of George Floyd's in-custody death in Minneapolis. A post by L'Oreal supporting the Black Lives Matter movement drew a negative response from those who see the company focused on white consumers. It could be another 10 years before Harriet Tubman's image appears on the U.S. $20 bill. The plan was to replace former President Andrew Jackson sometime this year. Jackson was a slaveholder. Tubman was a former slave who risked her life to free others from bondage. But Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin says the redesign would not be released until 2030 because the new currency would require development of anti-counterfeiting technology and a new print process. Donald Trump has spoken out against the decision to replace Jackson on the $20 bill when he was a candidate calling the decision pure political correctness. In Health Matters Tonight, a study suggests COVID-19 patients who exhibit symptoms and those who do not can contaminate their surroundings. Researchers in China took samples from hospital surfaces, including bed rails, tablets, and sheets. And they even found contamination in environments where patients had mild or no symptoms at all.
2: You're watching Global NewsHour at 6.
0: Yuck, the buggy situation in parts of India that's so bad. Authorities are warning airline pilots. We're going to have that for you right after Yvonne's forecast. But first, this was the view in Tampa, Florida today. Trade winds are carrying dust from Africa's Sahara Desert around the world. Parts of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi and Alabama are also seeing the haze. It's being called the biggest and most intense Saharan plume in 50 years. And Yvonne is here now, and we go from uh, all that haze and dust to a lot of moisture.
9: Yeah, a significant amount of rain falling in with thunderstorms rolling into the interior. Here's a look at what we saw earlier today. A heavy rainstorm hit the Okanagan. This is the video this afternoon with thunder and lightning. It made roads slick and visibility low. There were several reports of cars in the ditch on the Cocahola and in Kelowna. Localized flooding mainly in the downtown core. A small lake actually formed at the end of Water Street causing a headache for drivers. And a couple of businesses also got swamped. And at one point there was a weather center uh, that in West Kelowna, the forestry site, had 17 millimeters in an hour. So it was a significant amount. Different weather picture though across the south coast. We did see a few few breaks in there but we are seeing more cloud cover this evening with a chance of showers temperatures at 17 and a southwesterly wind right now at 15 kilometers per hour another quick shot of what it looked like in west Kelowna. this was taken by gary on the roadways on west lake road so thank you so much we are going to see another active day in the interior have more in just a moment a quick glance at what it looked like earlier in white rock so thank you so much chris this evening we are seeing some isolated showers already popping up for the eastern edge of the island that's moving across metro vancouver So this evening, Overnight, we do have a chance of showers in most areas closer to the water, looking at very windy conditions. Active weather still for the following areas that are indicated in yellow. For the boundary, southeastern corners, we do have some lightning strikes, still a risk of thunderstorms. And then all areas, once again, for the southern interior, we'll be seeing that potential for severe thunderstorms for the afternoon once again tomorrow. Right now, the severe thunderstorm watch for the boundary, Kootenay Lake and West Kootenay, where we could see heavy downpours, very gusty winds, and the potential to produce hail. For the overnight, so a chance of showers for all areas across Metro Vancouver. Tomorrow morning, we'll start off with cloud cover, but it'll clear out some dry conditions and temperatures warming up. 22 by the water. Areas away from the water getting closer to 24 and 25 degrees. So the blip in the forecast still overnight. Early morning hours, it's cloud cover, and then a nice clearing is on the way. The instability is going to pick up once again for all areas, the central and southern half of the province, and pushing in towards the southeastern areas. Most areas for the Kooten We'll be looking at that risk of thunderstorms. Break on the way in the long range will be on Monday. Fantastic. And temperatures are going to warm up once again. Here's a look at the temperature trend for Metro Vancouver. Still still warming up into early next week for Monday. It'll be a touch cooler for Tuesday, Wednesday on Canada Day, but it looks like it should remain dry for most areas. A nice dry day and a a break across the north coast. Temperatures up to 17 degrees. Northeastern corners, all areas across the central interior. The instability picks up for the afternoon afternoon with the risk of thunderstorms. We'll see that once again. The Thompson in Okanagan included within that. Whistler should start to see a nice break by the afternoon. Highs up to 23 degrees. Cloud cover for the morning across Metro Vancouver, brightening up for our afternoon. Temperatures tomorrow will be up to 22, even warmer on one day away, away from the water, closer to 27. Colleen? Lovely. Thanks so much, Yvonne. As if
0: flooding and rising COVID-19 numbers weren't enough now, fast-moving swarms of desert locusts have invaded parts of India's capital. Authorities ask people to keep their windows shut and bang utensils to ward off the insects. Delhi's International Airport has asked pilots to take extra precautions during takeoffs and landings. India is using special vehicles and fire trucks to spray insecticides at at least seven states across the country. The infestation has not caused significant damage so far, but farmers are worried about their summer crops. Boy, and I thought those little fruit flies we have around here were bad.
9: <laughs> yeah. That'd be a whole different, uh, whole different story. It's like raining bugs all day long. No. It's been
0: a, it's been a tough
8: 2020 on, on Mother Earth.
9: Hasn't no it? kidding, it has. Cheer us up with something, Barry. All right.
8: How about, uh, well, there were no locusts in uh, Connecticut for round three of the Travelers' Championship. Canadian Mackenzie Hughes is in the mix. We'll have highlights of that coming up and some FA Cup quarterfinal featuring Manchester United and a little NASCAR as well coming up. So just fun, fun, non-insecticide kind of sports. Mm-hmm.
0: Good. Sounds good. This definitely qualifies as too close for comfort and certainly not appropriate physical distancing. A woman walking her dog in southwest Calgary is thankful she and her pet are still alive after an encounter with a bear. Carolyn Currie de Castillo reports on her scary run-in.
5: Stephanie Dobrenin grew up in the southwest community of Springbank Hill and loves walking her dog Todd here. We've seen moose here before and uh, never, never bears. But on Wednesday afternoon Todd darted ahead of her. He goes flying after something and I look and I just see these big brown ears and this brown face and I'm like oh my god my dog is going right towards a bear. A black bear popped out of the trees and came within two meters of Todd. Yeah, I was screaming bloody murder. Yeah, I was pretty frantic. Uh, I've never, I've never been so terrified. I thought my dog was going to be just torn apart, eaten right in front of me. Stephanie's first reaction to save her pet. It was absolutely terrifying, terrifying, and I go sprinting after him, and I'm very aware that I'm running towards a bear at this moment. Like, this is... Probably not the best idea. Stephanie scooped up Todd in her arms while the bear went back into the ravine. At that point, neighbors called her to come inside.
7: Oh my god, we're going to get eaten! Do you want to come, come inside?
5: It's hard to imagine how you can, you know, be come face to face with a bear and uh, trying to save your pet, which is just <laughs> like a child. The bear ended up coming back, crossed the road, and slipped into the Sharma's backyard. That's when the bruin was caught on camera. Like every time I look at the video it's it's more scary because now if my kids come out to play I just don't let them come outside by themselves there have been multiple reports of a cinnamon phase black bear traveling around the area by lower springbank road Fish and wildlife officers tracked the bear and determined it hasn't been showing signs of habituated or defensive behavior Todd's owner is just thankful the little French bulldog is still around after his big adventure I think anyone who uh, loves their dog would probably probably do the same like try and try and get their dog he's my he's my baby According to Fish and Wildlife, officers are continuing to monitor the situation, but they say there's no public safety concerns. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News.
0: A first responder in Calgary is getting some high praise after going above and beyond the call of duty. Emergency medical services personnel Josh Nash mowing the lawn at the home of a Calgary senior. The officer was called out to do a health check for a wellness check, that is, on Friday afternoon when the 90-year-old's lifeline went off. The senior was all right and appreciated the help with the yard work. Barry's here now with a look at sports. Have you had a chance to hit the links yet?
8: I have. I have played uh, three, four times in nice. Surrey a few times. Yeah, real, real fun. Love golf. I wish I was a little better at it. Not like these guys, but it's uh, very, you know, it's inspirational to see them play. Thanks, Colleen. Uh, Well, three tournaments into the PGA restart, and each week a Canadian has found his way into contention, sort of. Adam Hadwin and Corey Connors have sniffed around the lead, only to fade on the weekend. This week at the Travelers' Championship in Connecticut, it's Ontario's Mackenzie Hughes' turn to contend. He led after the first round after firing a 10-under 60. He shot 68 in round two but was only a shot off the lead as they played round three today. Hughes playing in the final group of the day alongside Phil Mickelson. Second hole, Hughes off to a good start, rolls in the birdie, and ties Phil for the lead at 13-under par. All pars for the next six holes, then at the ninth from 13 feet, and another birdie to get to 14-under remains Tied at the top. Hughes didn't have a lot of great chances on the back nine. His best chance at 15. Nearly drove the short par four. Chip shot for Eagle, but too strong. And that rolls 35 feet past the hole. Hughes with a second straight two under 68 sits at 14 under fourth place four back still in it jason day wasn't feeling well this morning got a covid test it was negative but as a precaution played as a single completed his round he will play tomorrow in the final round phil mickelson in his nifty shade second round leader looking to become just the eighth player to ever win a tour event at age 50 or older but this won't help out of the bunker skulls it to the railroad tracks, that's OB, a two-stroke penalty. One over for the day, sits at 12 under, now six back of the lead. Dustin Johnson, just one win the last 23 months, but he was on form today. Long birdie at the 12th, part of a fantastic round on 17 from 8 feet. Knocks it in for his ninth birdie of the day. Johnson, a career low, nine under 61 Post 16 under par and the lead. But American Brendan Todd also went very low today. 12th hole from 25 feet. That's a birdie. And then at 14, his approach shot from about 120 yards out. And he will stick it to three feet. And that would lead to another birdie. He would take the lead. And then at the 17th, downhiller for his 12th. Three on the scorecard matches Johnson's 9-under 61. Brendan Todd at 18-under has a two-shot lead going into the final round of the Travelers Championship tomorrow in Connecticut. He is trying to become the first three-time winner on tour this season. Mackenzie Hughes, there he is, in fourth place. Will play in the second-to-last group, just four off the pace. Merrick Rogers-Sloan way back at three-under. FA Cup quarterfinals, Manchester United and Norwich City. No scoring until the second half. Odia Agallo with the thigh-high volley, pushing Man United into the lead 1-0 but Norwich City would equalize in the 75th. Todd Cantwell is going to give it a go from distance. Good decision. A ripper past the keeper but they would go down to 10 men in the 90th minute and went to extra time and maybe Norwich City just wore down because in the 118th minute Harry Maguire fires in the winning goal. Man U on its way to the semifinals, beating Norwich 2-1 in extra time. The three other quarterfinals will be played tomorrow. Bundesliga Rookie of the Year, Alfonso Davies and Bayern Munich finishing off their season today, taking on Wolfsburg. Of course, Bayern had already clinched the championship a couple of weeks ago. And Kingly Coman gives Bayern Munich the early lead just four minutes in. 37th minute, another young Frenchman, 20-year-old Michael Cuisance, a brilliant display here. Look at that left footer. Just inside the far post, an embarrassment of riches at Bayern Munich on the talent brigade. They led 2-0 at the half. Second half, no 3-0. Thomas Müller, who earlier set a Bundesliga assist record, shows he can finish two, smashes it in there. 4-0 the final. Müller's won nine Bundesliga championships in his 11 seasons at Bayern Munich and their eighth straight today. NASCAR doing double duty this week at Pocono Raceway in Long Pond, Pennsylvania. Races today and tomorrow. Haven't been a whole lot of wrecks since NASCAR's comeback, but we had one today. Eric Jones in the 20 car and Tyler Reddick in the 8 come together, and Jones hammers the wall nose first. He was done for the day. Reddick managed to stay in, but finished well back in 30th. Veteran Kevin Harvick, the veteran in his number four Ford Mustang had a smart pit strategy and he had the car to finally get his first win at Pocono. The first in 39 career starts there. Harvick takes the Pocono Organics 325. Denny Hamlin second. Eric Almirola was third. They'll race again tomorrow in the Pocono 350.
0: Yvonne and Barry are here, which means it is now time for our nightly thanks to our BC healthcare heroes. Yvonne, who is it?
9: Tonight, we are honouring Wesley Miller. Wesley has been on the front line since day one as a porter, taking patients throughout St. Paul's Hospital and working closely with those who have tested positive for COVID-19. Thank you, Wesley, and thank you to your entire team who work alongside you at St. Paul's Hospital. If you have a healthcare hero to nominate, email us a few pictures to bchealthcareheroes at globalnews.ca and tell us why they are your hero.
0: Yeah, a very big part of uh, the downtown community—that is for sure. An Ottawa man is uh, well—he's at it again with his quintessential Canadian creations. Have a look at this. Oh,
7: better go get
0: my brother. Oh my goodness! Robert Coleman has built a replica playhouse of Green Gables in his backyard for his two children. It's based on the home of Canadian author Lucy Maud Montgomery that inspired the Anne of Green Gables stories. Last fall, Coleman built this, a replica of Parliament Hill's center block into his kids' bunk beds. Yeah, yeah he hopes his creations will be inspiring and give his kids some lasting memories.
3: Hopefully they'll, uh, you know, in 50 years when I'm gone, have something to think back on and, oh yeah, that was my dad, he was a little bit crazy and he built me a couple of wacky beds and houses and things. And. I don't know, we'll see what I come up with next.
0: Isn't that amazing? The family hopes to someday plan a trip to Prince Edward Island to visit the actual Green Gables. But I do want to know what he comes up with next.
8: <laughs> Maybe a replica of the Montreal Forum or something. Something, you know, really, really, really Canadian.
0: Something yeah. really can yeah. There's <laughs> <I'm curious to laughs> anything. A around. Hockey rink. Yeah. A hockey, hockey rink. rink. There, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. Um that is the news hour for tonight. Gordon. Jordan is here at 11 o'clock as soon as I get my word straight. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hope you have a great evening. Good night.